Amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us to that place this morning. And yes, we can dismiss our big kids, grade four, five, six. You can head back into the back. Got a great program for you guys back there this morning. What else is there to say? Give me Jesus. That's it. We can go home. Turkey's getting dry in the oven anyways, right? <laughs> Spoken like a white meat eater over there. That's what that is. Hey-oh. Oh, man. Well, turn with me this morning to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to continue to explore what God's been leading us through today. But indeed, amen, give me Jesus. Jesus is it. He is life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He said it himself, and he is all of those things in abundance for us. Uh, but as we explore what that means, how we want to live that out, let's look to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read this passage that outlines the fruit of the Spirit for us here, we're going to start in verse 13 again today, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, where Paul says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. You bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality and impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, bringing the presence of the Spirit into the lives of the people around us. God is good, and He's here, and He is moving, and He's inviting us to share what He is doing. Amen. This year, God has placed a huge calling in front of us. He has been speaking to us, revealing himself to us, and inviting us to understand what it is that we are being called to do and to be here in our lives, in our community, in our world, in the lives of the people all around us every day. It's a huge and an exciting call. What a powerful mission to bring the presence of God into the lives of others. It can be intimidating. It can be scary. 
because our world is constantly changing and moving faster and faster all the time, new technology, new cultures and ideas, new trends, politics and inflation and recession and communities and people shifting and moving and it's so easy within all of that to start feeling anxious, even fearful. And instead of reaching out, we can feel like retreating and hiding away, pulling away protecting ourselves from a world that we don't recognize, that we can struggle to understand, and we might not be able to embrace. We won't be able to embrace. But God sees. And He knows, and He sees the things our world is doing, the directions they choose, the things they push into. He is in control, and we have nothing to fear, nothing to hide from. And even more, He is inviting us in to what is happening. To not just see what is happening, but actually be present there. To go into all the world and bring His presence, the power of His Spirit, the truth of His gospel, the hope of His grace, and the light of His presence. Our call this year is sacred. And in a world that is filled with darkness and fear and confusion, hurt and pain and suffering and sin, we want to understand and explore what it means to be a sacred presence there. To bring the very presence of God into the lives of the people around us. Just this week, we had a conversation at the church with a gentleman who had a life so filled with darkness and fear struggling with real and terrible hurts and burdens, and we had the opportunity to just present the light of Jesus to him, to offer hope and change and and new life into his circumstances. People all around us are hurting and lost, and they need hope. They need Jesus. Jesus is power. He is everything we need. And the moment we take our eyes off of Him, the cares and worries of this world will overwhelm us. But He is enough. He is faithful. He is good. And He is here. And the people we know need Him more than anything else in the whole world. They need Jesus. And so in that calling, in that journey... We are trying to understand how to be that sacred presence. What does that mean? What does that actually look like? And God has been leading us through the fruits of the Spirit. The very tools that He has given us to do exactly that. The things He first wants to build into our own lives. That He desires for us to be filled with, to know and enjoy. That we can then share those with the people around us, those who need them. The people that need to know love and joy and peace. That need to feel patience and kindness and goodness. That need to see faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. It's already been a powerful journey looking at love and joy and peace, all of these things that come from Jesus and are found in Him. Understanding that God Himself is love. 
The joy is found in relationship with Him and the confidence that we can have that He is enough. The peace that passes understanding because of everything that God is and has done for us. That no matter what, He is in control and we have nothing to fear. No matter where the world goes, no matter what happens around us, not only does God have us in His care, but He has a plan and a purpose for us. That He is inviting and calling and challenging us to keep in step with the Spirit as we live in the Spirit. God is at work and He is is moving in our own lives if we will humble ourselves and listen, quiet ourselves. He's working all around us in the lives of each and every person we know. Every person we see, the Spirit is speaking and moving, calling for repentance, offering hope. We are called to keep in step with Him in that work, in that journey, in that mission. And our next fruit of the Spirit takes that love that we've found, the joy that we've been given, the peace that we now enjoy, and allows us to extend it all to others. It's an extremely important one, and maybe the very hardest one to live out. Tied perhaps with self-control at the end. It's the discipline, the need for, the practice of patience. What is patience? What does it look like? What does it mean? What does it mean to bring patience into the lives of others? To offer and give Patience. On this mission that God is putting before us, we've talked about these profound things. The ways they impact people's lives is maybe a little more obvious. What does it look like to bring love into the life of someone who feels helpless or isolated? What does it look like to bring joy into the presence of others? What does it look like to be a person who brings peace into the chaotic lives of the people around us, let alone our own? These things we can see, we can feel, and it sounds exciting. I want to be a peacemaker, to bring peace into the life of someone who is hurting, to speak peace into chaos and joy into suffering, but patience, patience is hard because patience requires sacrifice. Love and joy and peace can be given with energy and life. Patience so very often can feel like it takes something from us, requires us to put others first and maybe to even put ourselves last. This was a scary one to look at for me. Patience is a hard thing. It's hard to have. It's hard to be patient because the times that we need it are the times that we don't have it. We don't need to practice patience when everything is going smoothly and our life is all in order. I don't need to be patient with my kids when they're behaving themselves and being kind and obedient and helpful. I don't need to be patient with other drivers when traffic is just flowing well. 
We don't need to be patient with our spouse when we're both aligned and working together in the same direction. Patience is one of the hardest fruits to have because it really only hits when it's hardest. It's only when I've already lost my patience that I need to find it. But it's so huge because it's so deeply tied to all these other fruits. Paul doesn't list things in this list like serving or humility here. He doesn't list even being thankful as we celebrate Thanksgiving this weekend. And partly because this list isn't, is obviously not intended to be all of the things that God wants us to know and to have, that he wants to build into us, but it is also interesting the things he does choose to list here. And patience being one of them is so interesting to me because of, but it makes sense because of how deeply it's connected to these other fruits. How they're tied together. And we can see it all through Scripture. Proverbs chapter 15. Hot tempers cause arguments, but patience brings peace. Love, joy, peace. You can work through the list there. They're connected together. Patience and peace connected together. 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It keeps no record. It goes on and on. Love is patient. They are a part of each other. James chapter 5. You must also be patient. Keep your hopes high for the day of the Lord's coming is near. And here we can see joy. That hope in the return of Jesus and the freedom we will know on that day. Patience brings joy. Ephesians chapter 4. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Gentleness and patience connected together. Patience is the root, it's the beginning, it's part of all of these things, and it's something we need to understand and embrace in order to be able to live out these other fruits in our lives. Patience is a foundational part of the work that the Spirit is doing in our lives because it connects to the very deepest part of relationship with Jesus. Dying to ourselves and putting Him and then others first. Patience requires that sacrifice, that humility, that laying down our life. And recognizing that our own natural instincts and selfish reactions to people and to situations is not what God desires for us. Our instinct to respond in anger and frustration at even the slightest inconvenience, let alone a grave wrong, is not good. Our natural drive is to selfishness, to protect ourselves and make sure we get what we're owed, that we're treated a certain way, that things go the way we want them to. But patience, Patience means sacrificing my will, my agenda, myself for someone else and offering them grace. Seeing that God's will, His plans, His designs 
for hope and peace and life and fullness are not being lived out in this world. And it's not a surprise, they're not even being lived out in ourselves. And our natural selfish reaction to these things is not what he desires. Jesus exemplified these things for us. All through his life and teaching, in his journey with the disciples, how many times did he show patience? When they struggled and failed to understand what he was teaching them, showing them, when the crowds followed him for the wrong reasons and walked away when he gave hard teaching, real teaching, truth, they walked away. And he wasn't angry with them. He had pity on them. He was patient. When he was exhausted, he was fully man, he was human, he was exhausted and interrupted, and the crowds just wouldn't let up, he showed patience and compassion. Matthew chapter 9, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were lost and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw people through the eyes of his Father and in the scope of his Father's plans. And it allowed him to be patient trust, to know that his father was in control. Right onto the cross. Judas betrayed him in the upper room. And Jesus was patient. He went to the garden with his disciples to pray and they fell asleep. And he was patient. He was arrested and tried with lies, and treated unfairly, and he said nothing. They beat and tortured him, humiliated him, and crucified him, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Patience is forgiveness. Patience is grace. Patience is understanding that people are fallen and hurting. And that hurting people are going to hurt people. They do not know what they are doing even when they think they know what they're doing. Patience itself is about putting God first, ahead of ourselves. Jesus said they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know that they were killing him. They thought they knew exactly what they were doing. But Jesus saw that they couldn't see. They were blinded by their sin and selfishness and fear and couldn't see what his father was doing. They were getting rid of a problem, holding on to their own power and control, living in fear and selfishness, wanting to remove him, to just get that control back. They couldn't see what God was doing. They wanted to hurt him and they couldn't see. And that's exactly what happens to us every day in a thousand, thousand ways, big and small, when we let ourselves get in front of God. When we put ourselves first, everything falls apart because we are not strong enough to hold it together and we lose our patience. 
patience is resting in the power and presence of God and knowing that no matter what, He is in control. And the way people treat us, the way life treats us, is not what is meant to be. But it's okay because Jesus is with you. Jesus said in John 16, He knew all of the things that we were going to go through. He said, in this world, you will have troubles. But take heart, I have overcome the world. John 15, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As you do, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Patience is about putting God first and then others first because he has called us out of this world to live life in an entirely different way, submitted to him, trusting in him, laying down our lives for him and for others. And then finding that we ourselves may not even be on that list of priorities because God will take care of us. We don't need to worry about it. We don't need to fear, and we don't need to get even. Oftentimes, if we do have to put someone else first, or we think we're being very self-sacrificial, we're happy to do that as long as we're a close second. I'll put your needs first as long as my needs are right next. But that's not patience. That's entitlement. That's waiting to get what we're owed, what we're entitled to, what's fair even. And all of this happens when I take myself too seriously. I lose patience with my kids when things don't go my way. With my wife when things don't go my way. With other people when things don't go my way. When I let myself get out of line with who God is and suddenly I'm the most important. What I want, what I need, what I'm hoping or working for, even in little things. I want to leave at this time. I want the house to look a certain way. I want work to go this way. I want that car to drive that way. When I'm the most important, what I want, selfishness. When that happens, instead of seeing people and seeing things through God's eyes, that patience fails and frustration and anger flood in. But true patience, godly patience, is putting our hope, our identity, our life, our plans fully in the hands of Jesus, trusting Him to take care of us and to let things work out as He allows them to. He is in control. He has a plan. He will take care of you and offering grace and forgiveness to those in your life who maybe don't even deserve it because we don't either. And it might not look how you wanted but if Jesus is your goal, if Jesus really is your life, then what he allows is what we want. And that allows us to wait and to trust and to live with patience. Patience for others. Patience even for ourselves. And patience with God. Scripture is filled 
with encouragement for us, God calling us to trust Him. Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything. John 13, Jesus replied, you do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. Psalm 37, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Lamentations 3, when's the last time you were in Lamentations? There's some good stuff in there. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Patience is a raw and real discipline as anything we can imagine. It is hard. And it is possible only in Jesus. And that is ultimately where we find our patience, that quiet confidence and sure knowledge that one day, as we already said this morning, no matter what, no matter what happens to us, no matter what we do, no matter what anyone does, anywhere, ever, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen and amen and amen. It is guaranteed. It is fact. It is promised and sealed with His own blood. So what do we have to worry about? What do we have to fear? What do I need to take for myself? Why do I need to make sure I'm treated any particular way and get what's mine? God has it all in complete control. And so we can be patient. And we can show grace and forgiveness, love and humility and sacrifice because God is enough and He is faithful. Patience is seeing that each person is created in the image of God and desiring for them to find that image in Jesus again and offering grace and forgiveness when they don't because we need it too. God is so patient with us and He's asking us, inviting us to be patient with others that they can find their hope in Jesus too. Let's pray together this morning. Father God, we thank You for Your patience. We thank You for Your love and Your grace and Your mercy. And Father God, we ask for your forgiveness when we lose our patience. When we allow ourselves to get out of line, to put ourselves and our selfish needs and desires first. God, we want to trust you. Even in small things, even in small inconveniences, we want to trust that you are working, that you are leading, that you are present there too. And when people treat us poorly, Help us to see them through your eyes that we can offer them grace and forgiveness. That they can see and hunger for the image of Jesus in their own life too. Father, we need your forgiveness so much and we are so impatient with others and we need their forgiveness too. Help us to be an example of that patience that people can find the love that they desire, that they need in you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.